gear up as Cash Miller and his team of accomplished guests steer you on an enlightening voyage filled with valuable tips, fresh insights, and effective strategies. Welcome to Marketing Masters, the agency power show. Hello, everyone. I'm Cash Miller. I'm the host of Marketing Masters, CEO of Titan Digital. Today, we're going to talk about building a content-focused brand. You know, content, of course, is huge for businesses that want to be able to take advantage of it. Um, there are so many opportunities with social media and blogging and any number of things. Um, today, I've got with me Megan Nager of Wake and Make Media. We're, you know, Megan, it's great to have you here. You are, you know, you've got a, a, a really big content focused background. You've done so much and there's so much in the way of video. And that's one of the things you like are really big on, right? Yes, absolutely. So first of all, thank you for having me. I'm really excited to be here. And um, yeah, I don't, so I kind of am split in two. I started my career as working in Hollywood for 10 years and I worked primarily in front of the camera for a while. I was as an actor and as a stand-up comic. And I then realized that I just love creating content and all aspects of filmmaking. So I decided to learn about behind the camera stuff. I worked at Kevin Hart's company, Steve Carell's company, and picked up, um, you know, we worked on several series together. So I acquired a lot of knowledge in that sense. And I decided to kind of take a leap of faith and say, I'm going to try to create my own production company. So in 2018, my now husband and I created our company and it primarily started to create content for artists. So everything from series, feature films, music videos, et cetera. And then during the pandemic, we relocated, we now live in Florida, and we realized there was a very big demand for not just content, but what to do with that content once you've created it. How do you distribute it? Because we'd create these epic videos and they weren't going anywhere. So that's how we gradually shifted into marketing. And today we own Wake and Make Media, which is a full-scale digital marketing agency and production house. We have clients primarily based in health and wellness, but we have others that um, are not necessarily in that industry. That's usually just our go-to. Yeah, there's um when it comes to digital marketing, like people enter the field in so many different ways, like their backgrounds can be so different. I think yours is really interesting because, you know, you took, you know, you worked in Hollywood. And if you go if you can survive there and you did for 10 years, you know, before making a change, I mean, that's you would accumulate a lot of very unique experiences that way. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I could write a book about those. But um, yeah, Hollywood's a shark tank. So if you're not dying to go in that direction, don't do it for anyone who is interested. Uh, <laughs> but I know and the film side, that is really what led, you know, both my husband and I, because he he's a cinematographer to go in this direction, because, you know, there are so many talented creatives out there. And even brands and businesses that create content or they'll hire people to create content mm -hmm. for them and they don't know how to get it in front of the right people or anyone in general. Like, I mean, in, in essence. So that's kind of that's where our goal started to just help grow once we have created that content. Yeah, it's, at least I think because, you know, it's Hollywood, there's a sort of a higher level. So you bring a very unique perspective when you're creating video content that a lot of people that do video don't bring. You know, most people are, you know, maybe they went to, you know, film school or something. Maybe they, you know, they worked for another company, but they didn't, typically they don't have as much exposure to high level, high quality stuff that you've had. 
Well, thank you. Yeah, no, that's that's really actually what I tell that to every client when we first start working with them is the one thing I can say about our stuff is there are a million digital marketing agencies out there and it kind of seems like they all do the same. Um, a lot of them, not obviously not you, but yeah. um, it, you know, we run into a lot of people but who do the same things. Uh, but I can say that we are different and we really do focus on the type of content we're filming and we have that unique storytelling background. So I've written over 50 feature films. I've written, I don't know how many TV pilots um, with very like high up writers, someone who, you know, mm -hmm. helped direct the usual suspects. So I have like a very yeah. <laughs> uh, unique storytelling background. And that is definitely what I employ into content creation for our businesses and it kind of seems like really they wouldn't be related at all but it, it is a good way to mm -hmm. see it see it in a different way so you're you're totally correct well i mean you think about it if you're you know if you're telling stories yeah which is obviously what hollywood does you know whenever you're putting those things together companies themselves they're trying to tell stories in their own way yeah i over the years we've done um a number of videos for companies and we'll do things like brand anthem videos which yeah. are about telling stories versus you know just talking about the company it's like the company's in the background and it's you know so bringing a different perspective you're still highlighting the company or the products mm -hmm. the services but you're doing it in such a way that it's um looks more unintentional you know um i always like the example of like the uh you see some of the some videos and commercials that are camping you know and it's about mm -hmm. the great outdoors you know it's always one of the easiest examples it's the great outdoors and and what you don't realize is the tents that they're in are actually the product of the company yes. you know, that created the videos because they focus on the outdoor experience and hey you just happen to need a tent though to be able to yep. go camping <laughs> you know? exactly no, that's so true. And it's it's more this new, you know, digital marketing that's transferred from old traditional marketing, which, you know, you can still employ in some aspects, but it, it really is true that people don't want to feel like they're being sold to. I think mm -hmm. it's like the veil's been lifted and we know what they're doing now. So people really do want that face-to-face -face connection where they're like, hey, you're a person, I'm a person. If you want this experience, if you want this feeling that's what we're selling. We're not selling this product. We're selling the mm -hmm. end result. Yeah. And so, you know, let's talk foundations then, because, uh, mm -hmm. you know, putting together like those kinds of campaigns and things, what companies have to have a foundation to be able to, you know, of their content, you know, like say, if you're doing a brand anthem type video, that becomes kind of a, it's a piece of it. So what do companies need to be looking at um, to build a foundation for any kind of a content strategy? How do they go about doing that? It's a great question. And I think the most important question that a lot of people overlook, and you really just have to get at the heart of, I can list off, you know, everything from, you know, you need to identify your brand uh, values, your target audience, your tone, your voice, your fonts, the colors, everything, you know, that's what mm -hmm. a brand is a feeling. It's more than just, you can't, when, when you think of Nike, you get a certain feeling, you know, you immediately right. associate it with something. So um, I think it's important to, first of all, go back to the drawing board. And we do this a lot with companies that have already been established for even like, we worked with someone that's been established for 20 years, mm -hmm. but um, you know, we were trying to think of like 
why did you start this company? Why are you passionate about it? And what do you do differently than other companies? Say you're, we worked with the, one of the first companies we helped grow was a, uh, it's called Live Free and it's CBD pouches that are designed like dip pouches. Okay. So it was weaning people off from dip basically. Mm. And it also has some nutrients in it. So even athletes were using it when they were on long runs, stuff like that. Yeah. But because they got the dip pouch, they, you know, it's not dip in it, exactly. but it's, it's like a transition away. You yep. still have the habit is the idea that you can kind of feed the habit, but the product inside has changed. Exactly. And it was funny because at first I was like, I don't know if it's going to work, but people really did. We had people writing us like, you know, novel length things about this change my life. I finally am stopping or at least, mm -hmm. we, you know, weaning off. So, but for instance, I'm just using this as an example this company had, you know, they thought, okay, we're going to target this per this type of guy who's outdoorsy and, you know, mm -hmm. would typically someone who, who dips. And so we really spent, I mean, probably a solid few weeks really getting to the heart of why the founders started this company. Cause they were very passionate about helping people. They had been previous tobacco owner, I mean, mm -hmm. users. And so we wanted to really put that into our marketing campaigns and it ended up working and they, they did ended up growing pretty quickly because exactly like how you said the example with the outdoors um, camping yeah. um, example for an ad, we would do, we would, for instance, do videos of men fishing and they just so happen to have the live free pouches right next to them. Yeah. So it was presenting this lifestyle, this way of being. And I think you really have to always, always, always come back to the drawing board and think about why you started your company or brand, what you want out of it and how you're going to help people. And why it's different. And the last thing I'll say is that a lot of times I'll say that and people say, well, I'm not different. There's a million lawn chair companies or coffee mm -hmm. companies. Yeah. I guarantee there's something different. Every person is unique and you have a unique story and you just have to make sure that you're infusing that in every piece of content you're making. Yeah. And the, the uniqueness, I mean, every company is unique in some way. Sometimes they've got to really explore what it is because mm -hmm. on the surface, yeah, they would say that, you know, I'm just like everybody else. Well, you're not, but we got to find yeah. how you're different. And then we have to figure out how to leverage that difference, you know, in the way you market yourself so that you can stand out from everybody else. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's what, if companies are willing to do that, that's where you start building a bit of a foundation because you don't know what to advertise if you don't know what the, the core concept is. Yeah. Exactly. So where do you go from there? You know, it's who do you work with? It's, you know, I say the stories, I like the, what you're giving as an example, because it's an outdoor, you know, I'm active and I, but I do have this habit. So I've got this mm -hmm. little pouch that, you know, my routine hasn't changed. I really, you know, and it goes kind of with that live free because of the, yes, exactly. you know, the type of advertising. So you come up with that core concept of what makes you unique, and then you can start building campaigns around it. Exactly. Yep. Yes. Yeah. Let's, so let's talk. Okay. If you, you've got the core concept kind of figured out mm -hmm. right now, there are so many ways, you know, that you can, you know, build content online. Yes. I mean, we, you know, with videos and blogs and social media, you know, you could do things on YouTube. It could be on TikTok. You know, how do you go about figuring out, especially with, you know, a lot of companies, most small and mid-sized businesses are not made up of unlimited resources. You know, exactly. they, they, you know, they can't just throw stuff, you know, left and right. You know, they don't have the kind of money to be able to do those things. So they have to be targeted. They have to be more strategic. How do they go figuring out 
which mediums, you know, which you know, types of content they should be focused on creating because certain things will work for certain type, you know, certain companies, depending on what they do and others will not, you know, so how do they determine, you know, what route to go down? That's a really, really great question. And we get asked that probably every time we meet with a new client uh, and super important to think about. And again, once you have, you know, started from ground zero and built up that brand identity and you have a consistent brand identity across the board, which I could probably talk about for an hour, but I don't want to get too heavy into the weeds. Um, you're going to have to look at what your target audience is. So for instance, I'll use the same company, Live Free. Where are those users spending most of the time, their time? And you can, you can test this. You can, you know, we did a lot of digging. We looked on, we even, we dug through Facebook and looked at what you know, through ad accounts and what other people were running. And we saw that the users who were using this product were usually middle-aged, uh, athletic, and love to be outdoors. So mm -hmm. where would people of that age, that demographic, spend most of their time online? And right away, we realized it was 100% Facebook. So, um, and we, we tried a few things. You can always start an account and run one ad, two mm -hmm. ads. I don't suggest just doing one. It's great to test, but just run a couple, put in $10 and just see what happens. If you don't have that capacity, understand, but if you don't want to do that, just try to think about exactly where that audience would live. If it's a younger demographic, TikTok has crazy growth. We do that for, we have a coffee shop in our area and they've exploded on TikTok and Instagram because a lot of their customers are are younger. They're probably mm -hmm. 25 to 45 and so yeah. we post it on Facebook, they don't get that many views. We post it on TikTok and Instagram, they get 50,000 plus. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah, yeah that's you definitely, you know, start with what is the demographics? Who are you trying to actually reach? Yeah, the coffee um, shop example is really good, you know, because you could actually, and, and this kind of goes with like most venues like that, restaurants and things. If you look, actually watch the people that walk in. Yeah, exactly, like, exactly. Yeah, just do something as simple as observe, you know, who is your crowd and start to figure it out from there and say, okay, what I constantly see, and especially if you talk like, you know, coffee shop, Starbucks, you know, go into a Starbucks as an example, and you're going to see that most people are basically millennials. You're going to have yep. some older, but the ones that actually hang out there, mm -hmm. you know, I say I'm generation, you know, like X. <laughs> you know, so, oh, you guys are like, you guys are the smaller group, right? Yeah. We're like, yeah, yeah we're after the baby boomers. Yes. And, and so, yeah, we're this like smaller group. And we'll sit in a coffee shop and things, but you know, I love Starbucks as much as the next person and other coffee shops and all the drinks and everything. But, um, but I'm more of a to go, you know, I'm going to go yeah. and I'm going to grab, if I'm sitting there, it's because I'm meeting somebody. Whereas you'll see a lot of people, a lot of millennials will be on their own. You know, they'll have their headphones in, they'll be sitting there enjoying their drink and they're working on something. You know, they're not just hanging out. I say, if I'm there, it's probably for a meeting. A lot of them, they're hanging mm -hmm. out because, you know, that's where they like to work. That's, you know, I don't do that. Yeah. And so if you think about that, you know, like my, my generation wouldn't necessarily be the ideal target. You want the people watch who's hanging out. And exactly. like I say, 
goes for restaurants, who's your typical, you know, crowd for, you know, whatever it may be, if you're a sports bar or something, you know, so you really start to learn. And if you can figure out the audience, now you can have an idea of what kind of content and what kind of platform you should be focused on. I say, you just said, Facebook's not really getting any views because they've trended towards older yeah, mm -hmm. an older demographic, people that have been on there forever, basically. Yeah. Um, you know, since its inception, and a TikTok is going to have that younger crowd. Yeah, you know, and you know, it's going to be Gen Z. You know, next. Um, you know, my daughter's on it all the time. Yep, <laughs> you know, for sure. Pretty much lives, and she's thirteen. So you know, and that will be her Facebook essentially because she'll get older and she'll stay on the platform. So mm -hmm. it's great. Pay attention to that audience. That'll start to help you figure out some of the mediums. Yes. No, it's super important. And what you said about actually physically going there, if you can, I mean, obviously if you have a client across the country, which we have had, and you can't go there, that's one yeah. thing, but we, it's funny. You said that I, I think we unintentionally did that. We would go to this coffee shop and kind of just see that it was a lot of young moms and cause mm -hmm. they have great coffee and we'd sit there yeah. and try to come up with ideas. And then unintentionally we realized, Oh wait, we literally see the exact demographic coming in and out. Same yeah. with the med spa that we we do marketing for too. It's very it's it's very specifically young moms. Like I I've I have not seen one other person mm -hmm. come in. So yeah, yeah. yeah so old fashioned observation. That, there <laughs> you, <know>? you go. <laughs> that's that's literally how you can figure this out. It's observe, so simple, but yeah, observe how you deal with. And the same thing goes for like non restaurant businesses. You know, if you're gonna you know create content. I say it's a matter of what kind of content you're going to create and what platforms, but other service related businesses pay attention to who's typically buying from you. Yeah. You know, like you just mentioned, you know, young moms. Yeah. You know, um, I think of home service, you know, type companies because we deal with them a lot, but who's the actual person doing the calling? You know, like, is it, you know, maybe a stay at home mom that's doing it because she's got, you know, multiple kids and that's the arrangement. It could be, you know, it could be different depending on, you know, because if you were targeting people that live in houses versus apartments, it could be totally different. You totally. Know? And and the good thing about ads is that if you mess it up, it's okay. You will yeah. eventually refine that target audience. So I, I like to remind people not to get fixated because we've done that before where we like personally with wake and make media we're like what's our niche what's our tar exact target audience you know and you can drive yourself crazy so it's okay to start building and start movement and just observe because it always could morph as well mm -hmm. yeah and you know so really you want to pay attention to let me say who is you know what do they do who do they work for you know where do they hang out all of these things we're um getting ready to launch a campaign that we're going to have to advertise on LinkedIn. Yeah. Okay. Because the, and LinkedIn as an example is a, uh, a platform that yes, we know it's professionals and everything, but it's also the type of company you're trying to get to the people I need to get to for the client. Um, they're a type of accounting firm. I'm not going to be able to get to them on Facebook or TikTok or anything because yeah. I need decision makers. So I'm going to have to, you know, do a multiple, multiple types of advertising, you know, using the platform to advertise, but combining it with um, messaging and other, you know, you, you've got to take and do multiple things. And I know the people I've got to reach, 
they may be on other platforms, but that's going to be their personal life, you know? Exactly. So I'm not, that's another thing is that you can't get that confused just because, you know, somebody's doing something in their free time. That's not what you want to target to sell to them. So mm-hmm. it's a two totally different person. And to your point, two different people. Um, and to your point about, you know, focusing on age demographic, what they like to do. I like to think of it as creating a very unique avatar of yeah. like a person. So literally think of your ideal customer who would come into your shop or, you know, buy something from you online and go from there. Yeah, definitely. Um, okay. So if we've, we kind of figured out like, okay, what makes this unique? And then we said, okay, here's the type of content we should be doing. And here's some of the mm-hmm. platforms. Now, how do we kind of build out a campaign that keeps us, you know, consistent for the voice, the style, the message? Because a lot of times when you get, especially if you're going to do multiple platforms, you know, mm-hmm. um, you can end up being a little bit different on each platform, but it's, you know, the companies that end up more memorable, they've put together things that keep everything consistent because that's how, you know, marketing and advertising, especially that piece of it is about repetition. The more we hear things, you know, Mm -hmm. in a certain sense, because if you're all over the board, if you're, I sound one way over here and I sound different over here, you know, I always like, you know, if you think of uh, uh, progressive insurance, you know, yes, no matter what, uh, whether you like flow or not, and her cast of, yeah, (laughs) your cast of characters behind her, you always know. And that's yep. the thing. And actually, they've even taken to getting like they use flow and a lot of stuff, but they built out the cast of characters a little bit behind them because then they can use those people in different things, too. If she's got that little munchkin dude that. Yeah. Yeah. That. <laughs> yeah. But they made him more prominent over the years. Um, right. You know, he's right. kind of funny and stuff. You know, so how do you go about keeping things consistent, you know, and building out a brand voice you know, for yourself, because a lot of small and mid-sized businesses really don't think about that part. They don't realize that they need to be doing it. It's so true. And that's a big thing that when we do come in and work with clients, I will immediately, we both notice that that's the one issue. So for instance, we're working with the church and nothing is consistent or it wasn't. Um, It's if you watch one video, you get one feeling. If you watch another totally different vibe, different colors, Mm -hmm. different fonts, different so the, on the simplest step is one, you have to have a cohesive brand identity, which includes s- similar fonts, similar colors, simil- same logo, and you need to keep that streamlined no matter how much you want to deviate. And I've, done, I've, I've made the mistake in the past. You really have to keep that consistent, even if it's annoying and you're like, hey, I want to change it up a little. No, <laughs> like I'm no. begging you, just leave it. Um, so that's one, the simplest step. Two, you need to think about what your voice and tone is. So I told you my background. I come from a very unique background. I'm sure not every client is going to want to work with a comedian. uh, But the clients who do, you know, I and not all of our clients like to employ comedic, you know, marketing, Mm -hmm. but or make comedic content, but you have to establish that brand voice. So for instance, like a company, the Harmon Brothers, which is a big uh, dig- or marketing agency. They also do yeah. digital markets, marketing, but they're known similarly for creating all their videos are comedic in some way. They're really over the top, very yeah. well done, but it's that tone. So do you, are you taking yourself very seriously? Are you taking, do you want to have more fun with it? And that is based off of your target audience. So if you're targeting people who are, you know, 70 plus and you're an accountant, 
you're not going to want to sit there and start doing crazy stuff on camera and, you know, try to be like that mm-hmm. funny necessarily. So you really have to keep that in mind. And then from there, you can start, there's so many ways to create content, but I mean, you can do everything from literally creating a story where you go around and you've documented how your company started and you can, you know, create videos around that. You could showcase yourself helping your clients. You could showcase your services and you don't need to put a limit to the type of content you're making. You just want to make sure that voice and that tone is unchangeable. So it doesn't matter if you're talking about, you know, something crazy that happened today at your store uh, and or you're demonstrating a product. They're two totally different types of videos and that's okay, but you have to remain consistent. Yeah, because if you change the tone that you're going with. So, you know, if you were if you never use comedy and you suddenly use comedy, that's that's off, you know, brand because and it confuses people in a sense yep. because it's for one, they're gonna wonder, depending on how well your visuals are, if um it's even the same company. Yeah. Exactly. And you, you don't want to throw people off like that. And not to use, I know this is very controversial, so I don't even know if I should say this, but like for instance, Bud Light. Uh it, there, there was like a recent, you know, controversial yeah. thing. And regardless of how, how you feel about it, um, don't want to get into that here. But, yeah. it, but, but seriously, it's a little, it, it was a bit of an example of how you have this brand that's very geared towards, you know, the masculine man mm-hmm. outdoors, you know, they're on tractors and, yeah. you know, they're running around in the mud. And then all of a sudden the entire vision, the voice, the tone, everything shifts. Strange. And yeah. it also shifts the target demographic, I think that's where that mistake comes in. Um, And that was the problem, not because, you know, anyone's necessarily offended, but it's just they miss the mark on their audience. It's like, I feel like their audience, because that brand had been around so long, feels this connection. And Mm -hmm. so they almost feel betrayed if they're like, wait, I thought you were the funny, you know, comedy company. And then all of a sudden, you're doing this very serious, like, you know, business presentation, you lose people. Yeah. Yeah, you're right about that. And Bud Light, I mean, you know, and there, there's been other brands that have made totally, you know, it's the most recent mis- one. So I thought of that. Yeah, yeah, they've been the the latest, and it's calming down a little bit finally. Yeah. But you, but that's just it. They had developed a brand, and sometimes they like say you're trying to, I guess, build the market appeal. You know, spread out the audience. In some cases, that's a really bad idea. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Because they cost themselves literally like hundreds of millions of dollars oh, yeah. in sales because of this. And because it's like, okay, I understand trying to broaden the appeal of a product, but you know, you do, especially when you have a core, yes, masculine, you know, mm-hmm. type audience, and then you go literally a, a complete, you know, 180 shift on who you're suddenly targeting. That's, you know, they say I think of um another beer brand, Sam Adams, yeah. you know. They've always been good about staying very consistent. Yes. Um, you see, uh, was it uh, Jim Coke, the you know founder, and he's been in a lot of commercials. But then also you have him in, like they have stuff that doesn't have him. But they've always stuck to that. We just believe in really good beer, yep. and we want yeah, and we believe in giving you beer that's more full bodied and stuff. They keep on message. You know, no matter what, whether there's somebody, you know, in the commercial that's specific that you recognize, like we recognize him if he's in them, but, you know, he's gotten older, so he, you know, probably does less of it. um, And he's a busy guy. Uh, So, 
you know, that's the thing. When you have a brand and you start to really develop it a certain way, yeah, you don't do giant pivots like that because... No. It's no, it's just people. I, I really do believe that in the age of digital brand, I mean, personal brand, when that's so important, people really do feel like they get personally offended almost. It's like, yeah. hey, I thought you got me. And now you just completely threw our relationship away. It's kind of funny to watch, but it, it is something to keep in mind. And I'd say if you are starting out with your brand or business, you can experiment with that. But then if you're talking about a brand that's been around for decades, it's very difficult to do that without alienating people. Yeah, it definitely is hard to do. And they've, they definitely alienated all their core yeah. audience, which was, yeah. you know, massive since they were the uh, top selling, like, you know, beer brand in the United States. I think, you know, Bud oh, Light, yeah. you know, was now Modelo overtook them, yep. you know, at least temporarily. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, so keep that in mind. Don't do anything crazy. If you already have an established audience, you want to, you want to keep them. You want to the one thing I will say about this is, for instance, the Live Free brand I was talking mm -hmm. about is we did start with that masculine middle-aged demographic, outdoors, hunting, fishing, et cetera. But we slowly pivoted a little more to include women. So we started advertising to women runners because we were hearing from a lot of men who who run, yeah. who actually like to have it in their in a pouch. In. Mm -hmm. So that's how you can shift it a little. Yeah, you can, but it's over time. Um, a really good example of that would actually be the NFL. You know, yeah, they, they've worked over the years, you know, um, saw some advertisements last last night and slowly they're including like more women. It's been a slow yep. pivot, but they're trying to expand the audience. They know a lot of women like watching football, you know, but they need to, you know, include them over time because exactly. you know, originally I've, you know, if you go back 10, 20 years, there probably wasn't a single woman in, in a, any commercials. Now it's constant and, but it's a, been a gradual shift. Yeah, to suddenly it wasn't take all the guys out and then just put women in exactly. that they're the ones that watch football. It's more of make it a family, you know, type thing. And here, let's show, you know, everybody else in the family, you know, the kids too. Everybody's watching football, right? And exactly. Yeah. You know. Yes. Do it slowly, but just just keep your target audience in mind. Yes. Okay. So now if you've got everything, okay, you you've got the your brand figured out. Now you're, you know, starting to build, you know. You've got your voice, all of this. You know, we have this concept of evergreen content that kind of, you know, can live for a long time. How do you balance, you know, creating that kind of content that can get long-term traction with also stuff that kind of goes in the moment where you can kind of pick up on trends and, and you know, because there's, there's always opportunities. We talk about things going viral, you yeah. know, and that stuff doesn't necessarily last a long time. It's a uh, short-term yeah, it gets a lot of exposure in a, uh, a limited amount of time. And then, you know, we kind of move on. So how do we balance the two? Because Evergreen is the, you know, the gift that keeps on giving. Totally. And I, I it's a really good question. And I think like multifaceted in the sense that it's so Evergreen content is something that you can kind of never run out of. And it's not it's not based on, you know, if you look at it, like you said, 10 years from now, it's still relevant. Mm -hmm. Um, so I think it's important to, depending on what the company is, I can use a personal example of this, uh, if that helps. And then, sure. okay. So I started, cause I do create my own content. So I started a, in 2020, my friend and I, who's another comedian started a pop culture conspiracy theory, TikTok account. 
<laughs> and we, <laughs> we realized that right away, we're like, hey, this is like a lot of evergreen content because there are endless amounts of conspiracy theories and yeah. like weird pop culture stuff. So we just in our initial stages of planning came up with like 150 ideas within 10 minutes. And if you don't believe me, go Google pop culture conspiracy theories. Oh, and there's a lot of them. I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, this was what was really exciting about this evergreen content. So we started posting on TikTok, everything from uh, Michael Jackson isn't really dead to, uh, you know, the, sp the moon landing never happened, uh, you know, stuff like that. And it was evergreen in the sense that it was nonstop, but we also did want to touch on topical stuff that would come up daily. So for instance, like, um, I'm trying to think of something we did that was topical. Like they said they were doing, they're starting to print 3D meat, for instance. And <laughs> is this like a conspiracy to get us to stop eating real meat? Yeah. And, you know, you just briefly talk on it, talk about it. But that was a topic that fit in our niche and our genre and just so happened to come up right now. And mm -hmm. we ended up leveraging that TikTok account to land a Spotify podcast deal, which was great. But Literally just from creating, going online, looking up goofy conspiracy theories, and then talking about them for 60 seconds. So it's, and and I know that that's not really necessarily your typical business or brand, but it, it's a very delicate, delicate balance of coming up with content that fits like we've been talking about mm -hmm. your voice, your tone, your messaging, while also looking at stuff going on, whether it's culture, news, et cetera. And I'm not saying to take a hard stance and get bullied online because today people <laughs> are crazy, but yeah. you know, just you subtly working that in, or for instance, if you're working, uh, if we we work with like a weight loss company, something came up about that. Um, I never say it correctly. Semeglitude. It's like that yeah. weight loss injection that all these celebrities are using and they probably misused. And so there was an article about it. So we made a video specifically about that because it had to do with their business weight loss and it was topical. Mm. So I, I hope this is answering the question, but it's really, yeah, no. it, okay. It's, it's just, it's a very delicate balance and it's just about staying informed and making sure that every piece of the content you're making is going to be in line with your voice message, et cetera. And then make, making sure it's relevant. If you're talking about, stuff from 20 years ago that you're selling, it's hard to get people on board. Yeah. You want to stay, you know, current day and go from there. Yeah. I think, uh, you really need to pitch that idea as another pilot. Yeah. That's a show I would watch, you know, 30 well, minute shows that are just cover a conspiracy theory and they make total fun of it. <laughs> thank you. And you know, what's funny is that we did first pitch it to, uh, we pitched it to like, uh, uh, Sony and Lionsgate, we did MTV, we met with all these companies. And it was also during the pandemic. So not an ideal yeah. time. But they basically said it was uh, what did they say they wanted higher budgets. And this was a very low budget sit. Yeah, which probably changed now we've thought about repitching it. But the pitch um, it to Netflix because they waste money on all sorts of bad right. Shows. I know. Yeah, and this this one I think would be good. So, you know, like, thank you. I appreciate the support. Yeah, yeah. It's like a thirty minute show, and each one is like this different like cast of exactly. characters that go through the uh, yeah whatever the conspiracy is, and then you make it like totally outrageous. Have yeah. you seen Drunk History? Yeah, I've seen some of those. That's exactly what it should be. So like. that's what we pitched it as like pop, you know, pop culture conspiracy beats drunk history. Yeah, that's. 
that would be a really good show. And Drunk History ended up, you know, I don't know if they still do it, but it had multiple seasons. Oh, it had a ton. Yeah. 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 Well, thank you. Maybe I'll do that again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's a show. That's a show worth watching. And like, yeah, um, Hulu, you know, of course, our own by Disney or whatever. They've been running all sorts of stuff. They picked up uh, a number so of shows. Much. Yeah, yeah, they even relaunched Futurama and stuff. Yeah, like, my husband yeah. watches that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but actually they've like, yeah, they're reviving a number of shows. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, so it's it's interesting. So they might buy into that kind of a concept. Thank you. I might All reach right. back out now. <laughs> <laughs> well, this has been great. We, you know, I think we've covered a lot of yeah. what you could do to build your brand, stay consistent, know that even if you're a small, mid-sized business, these things you can do. Yeah, it's... It takes time. It takes some effort. It can take a little bit of money, but there's a, so many things that you can do to build an audience and, you know, know that you got to, you know, you're setting yourself up to when you're reaching these people, you want to be able to talk to them in a certain way because that's, you know, everything you say and the way you say it is going to be brand building. Totally. And, and the last thing I'll say is I, I think that you just need to always come back to that purpose of why you are doing it. And I think then that makes it less scary to put yourself out there and start creating content because that is the biggest fear we run into of people that said they don't want to mm -hmm. create content. And if you don't have money to hire people, et cetera. But, um, you know, practice makes perfect. The first five years of videos I made were embarrassingly horrible. If anyone <laughs> found them online, I'd probably want to bury myself. Mm -hmm. So like, just go for it. And, you know, play around. It's not the end of the world. There's so much content online. If people have the attention span of goldfishes, they'll forget it. Yeah. Yeah. You're right about that. The, atten <laughs> the attention span is gone. It's yeah, bad. So, yeah. It's very short. Uh, yeah. Megan, how would <laughs> Megan, how would people get a hold of you? Yeah. So you can always reach out to me. My email is Megan at wakeandmakemedia.com. And my website is wakeandmakemedia.com. We are Wake and Make Media on across socials. And my personal is Megan Makes Comedy. I'm also writing a book that's going to be coming out in January 2024. Wow, that's creepy. About digital marketing and how to leverage the power of comedy. It's called From Punchlines to Profit. So yeah. uh, I will be putting that on our site once it's ready. And in that, actually, I talk a lot about what we discussed today. So if you want to you know, get any more information on it or expand, um, yeah, check it out. Great. And thank you so much for having me on. This has been really fun. Yeah, it's been a lot of fun. And uh, I'll definitely keep an eye out for the book when it's uh, released. Thank that you. Sounds, that sounds like that'll be an interesting take. I've read a number of books on digital marketing. Yeah. And, you know, from different perspectives, but not that one. So yeah, it's a little bizarre, but we'll see. <laughs> okay, this has been great. I'm Cash Miller, the host of Marketing Master, CEO of Titan Digital. We've been talking about building your brand, the kind of content you should be doing and how to get it out there. Thank you for joining us. We'll see you on the next episode. Thank you for tuning into Marketing Masters, the agency power show. This show is produced by Titan Media Works and is a part of the Small Business Delivered Podcast Network. Check out smallbusinessdelivered.com for more info about upcoming shows, hosts, programs, and how you can start your very own podcast.